Hello. <laughs> Hello. Hi. Hi. How are you? Hi, Maggie. Oh my gosh. I'm so I'm so excited. Me too. To be on this live with you. Like we haven't. I'm so, so excited to finally meet you in a way. I know. Virtually. <laughs> um live for our listeners hi everybody welcome back to sisters growth podcast my name is brie one of your hosts and today we are in a virtual zoom call meeting with my girl maggie i have <laughs> i have known maggie for a while i, I want to say maybe a year I feel like more even more right because it's it already like two. Or it's been a year since Corona. Yeah. Oh goodness. So it's definitely been more. Been more. Yeah. <laughs> I have known Maggie for over a year through Instagram. We have never met in person. We always chat back and forth at random times. But oh man, I love. I absolutely adore you. I I look up to your vulnerability on all these social media platforms, it's so hard to be raw and vulnerable, but it's so worth it. So yeah. worth it. And I can truly, truly relate and connect with you and your posts and your words and your authenticity. <sighs> uh, Maggie, if you don't mind, give us a little intro about you. Okay, well, my name's Maggie. I guess I can plug my Instagram since we did me on Instagram. Uh -huh. It's Buttercup8171. Um, and I am currently a college student. I am 19 years old. I go to Park University and I'm double majoring. And I also work on top of that. So I'm pretty busy, um, but I'm... Um, really spiritual based, um, kind of plant based focused in my diet and in my activism. And yeah, I just try to serve Mother Nature as much as possible and be as um, connected spiritually as I can. So that's my life. <laughs> awesome. Amazing. You're so, so, so beautiful inside and out. <sighs> so technically i know the social media part of you i know the stuff that you do nowadays but i don't know you know you you know yeah. we didn't grow up together we don't even know how we sound like until now <laughs> um and i just want to this this is all for you all for you. You can be as vulnerable, as explicit, okay. as okay. Um, we can talk about whatever you want. I sisters growth is about sharing your journey, whether it's financially, mentally, spiritually, emotionally, sexually, multidimensionally, and um, let's just start from your childhood. What? Um, how was your childhood or, or how's um, your family? I think like I'm super fortunate to have a pretty um, good childhood. I grew up in a middle class home. 
um, with, you know, both my parents are still together to this day. Um, you know, now it's out rocky times, you know, is it the happiest marriage? I probably wouldn't say so. Um, but that's just how it goes sometimes, but I'm super grateful to have two very loving, caring, supportive parents. Financially, they're very supportive of me in this phase of my life, you know, as a college student. Um, and just do you also, have siblings? I do. I have one brother and he's younger than me. He's still in high school. So, um, yeah, they're just super supportive. If I ever wanted to do, you know, I danced for 12 years. They supported me through that. Um, my brother plays sports. And so, yeah, I had a pretty good upbringing and childhood, I would say. I definitely am super grateful for all the opportunities that I've had through that. And it's kind of um, definitely propelled me to where I am today. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like my dad used to read to me every night. And that I think is super impactful on the way that I'm an intellectual and the way that I'm, uh, you know, my brain is molded. Mm-hmm. Um, and also it doesn't come without, you know, you get scars from childhood, just like anyone else. I have really deep money anxiety um, from my childhood just my parents fighting about money, you know, uh, always, you know, they're pretty open about money, but also not. So it's kind of like, I kind of, I'm kind of like in the dark, but feel like we're struggling, but we might not really be, I don't really know. And so that kind of has, has manifested, um, now into like money anxiety. So that's something I have to work through, but overall, I think my childhood, was was really great and really helped me um especially with like school and my academics and Mm -hmm. um, got me where I am now wow I I can relate with you with the supportive parents because I I mean I always add a little I always kind of um try to relate in my situation with everybody that's sharing their journey in the past I've said yeah like you know my parents did this and that to me but I, now that you mentioned it, how fortunate you were of your upbringing, like I completely forgot to mention up until now that I feel like my childhood was great. I, my parents were very supportive, you know, take out the, the toxicity, everything that I ever did, soccer, they were always at my games. They paid for my uniform, dancing, they were at my performances and photography like they were hyping me up when I wanted to drop out of college they said if this is what you want we support you like I think my parents gave us so much support into what we actually wanted to do as individuals because a lot of parents they want the child to accomplish the dreams that they didn't and so I was really scared because my my dad he's uh he used to his first love was soccer is soccer like his one and only so- is love is soccer. So we all played soccer as kids, right? But whenever I wanted to transition from soccer to dancing, like I was scared. Like what, what's my dad going to think of me? But no, 100%. Do you, Mija? Like whatever you want to do, whatever your heart wants to do, you know, do it. So I can relate on you on that. But yeah, the money situation is... There's supposed to be like a communication in all ways. 
emotionally, I can be there for you, right? We can talk about our emotions. And mentally, or what's your opinion on this? What's your opinion on that? But for some reason, financial communication is not, it's not a healthy yeah. a lot of families. And it's like, uh, it's hard because I, my mom always says like, oh, maybe I was too open with you about our financial situation. But it was kind of like, it was just scraping the surface to where I was just questioning it. And then I was just scared that we were in in the gutter when we really were not, you know, we're very fortunate. Um, and, you know, my mom sacrifices a lot for us to be fortunate financially, but it's like, I did always think like something's up and it, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't really. So yeah, it's just, it's a very interesting how that's manifested now, you know, into like, I have two jobs and I you know I've been saving money since I was in elementary school and I still have that savings account and yes wow. it's, a, it's a blessing to have that much money <laughs> um saved up but um it's also like it's like oh no I'm doing this because I'm really anxious about it <laughs> and like oh, okay. my success so yeah I don't know it's just like I I wish that there were more constructive, mm -hmm. um, more constructive conversations around money. Mm -hmm. Like, here's how you save. We're doing. We're here. Are our, here's how we do our finances. You know, budgeting. Blah 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 blah. Instead of just like, we're not getting enough money, but we are. But it's just not as much as they might like. I guess. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Speaking of money, I don't know if you know, but I took Synergy Souls. I think that's how we connected. Synergy, yeah, we did. Yeah. Yeah, we connected through Synergy. So I I don't remember how. It, it was in a me? webinar. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It was in a webinar for something. I don't even remember what Dang, that was, it was. That was over two years, maybe two years ago. But um, I took Synergy Soul's Money Magnet course. Oh, really? Was okay. it great? It was. Uh, you should see my live on Facebook. I'll add you on Facebook if you have one. I, I'm mind blown by the amount of like intention and, and work there is behind money and trauma. And it's not even about money. It's about your receiving wounds. Like you said, you're saving because, you know, and now you realize that you're saving because you got anxiety. Like, what if you don't have any? But she digs deep into your core, bruh. And I'm like, I did not know you could go any deeper. And like, still, it's, like, it's surfacing up, right? But it's such a refreshing, like, cleansing that um, I I went on live on Facebook and I promoted it. And, and I got into an affiliate. Like, she's doing affiliates. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So I got one person signed up under me <laughs> and I'm like, honestly, I don't even care if you guys don't sign up under me as long as you guys put in some work, just because you purchased the course does not mean you're automatically healed. Right. You, know? you have to do a lot of work with anything that you're doing. You know, I've been doing, oh goodness. Like right now I'm definitely doing a lot of 
self-work. I mean, I just moved out on my own and living alone in a one-bedroom apartment. And um, it's a lot, it's a lot of inner work to be done. And I'm definitely going through like the valleys of life, as I like to call it, um, with that. And money's a part of that. And healing those wounds is a part of that because, you know, you have to pay rent and rent is a big chunk of money. It looks like a really big chunk of money, but I have to realize I'm bringing in money. Mm-hmm. I have it, <laughs> you know, it's already so yours. Like, you know, what? I'm just going to do this because it's going to really force me to it's going to force me to to give money it's, it's gonna it's gonna force me okay. to have that regular flow of money it's gonna force me to do yeah that. to so, sit in that trust that it's gonna come and then it's gonna repeat yes given give go yeah and yeah living alone is is a whole other thing too that's just a whole I- reconstruction <laughs> of yourself um in great ways and it's it, it can be really dark sometimes so I think that's important mm-hmm. you know, like <laughs> shine light shine light on your darkness yeah oh yeah mm-hmm. I mean right now is a really is a, is a really dark period for me and it's not like um I always say like life is so cyclical like people who are trying to reach enlightenment that's pro- that's not a thing. Like enlightenment, the highest point of life, that's not a thing. You're going to get really high highs and you're going to have to reconstruct again and burn your building down and re- rebuild it up taller. Like you cannot just reach this point of enlightenment and just keep going. Like it's like a bookshelf, which is the, which is the analogy that I use always. Um, it's like you're climbing up the bookshelf and you're at, you're at the bottom of the shelf. And then you have, and then you're up, you go up towards the next shelf, but then you're at the, when you get to the top, you're at the bottom of the next shelf. Like, that's how it is. You're just leveling up, but you have to be at the bottom of the next level, if that makes sense. Oh my gosh, that's intense, bro. (laughs) My friend and I that said something like that, my friend OT, she's, we just released one of her her interviews, but um, she says, you know, you have to hit your lowest points to appreciate the highest and it's not gonna be like high all the time and it's not gonna be low all the time but when you're in these low moments you just gotta know there's something like the it's it's something bigger coming up and you're gonna be climbing the ladder you are you and it gets so much easier each time that you're you're breaking yourself down I mean not breaking yourself down but you get broken down um Mm -hmm. Because you just realize, okay, this has a purpose. I'm grateful for this. You can realize that. And then it just gets, it, it's heavy, but you can carry that weight a little bit easier. And then, and it's just healing more and more because you mm-hmm. can think that you're healed all that you can be, but there's so much more. And then be. life's going to hit you. Boom. <laughs> you didn't know you had this, huh? <laughs> <laughs> you I'm waiting for this one. You know, like you thought. Oh, here you go. Here's some more growth to be had. Because like, you don't want to reach the pinnacle of your life. I mean, I at least don't want to reach the pinnacle mm-hmm. of my life. I'm I'm so excited that I keep getting to grow all the mm-hmm. time. 
Like, that's so exciting. I get to rebuild myself all the time. That's great. I have so much expansiveness that I that's endless. I don't want to just stay at the top and then stay stagnant. That sounds terrible to yeah. me. Yeah, there's always that's bigger mountains. Yeah. There's always going to be a bigger mountain to climb. Mm-hmm. And it's great when you climb a mountain. How do you feel, how do you think people climbing Mount Everest feel? You know, mm-hmm. they probably feel amazing about themselves. And it's mm-hmm. going to feel the exact same. You climbing your own mountains and conquering your own traumas and mm-hmm. healing. Traumas. So I think that's really important to know. It's mm-hmm. just, it is always, it's not always going to be sunshine and rainbows, but it's going to be growth and Mm -hmm. it's gonna be rebirth and it's just over and over and over again (laughs) I am shocked by the amount of awareness that you have you're only 19 years old you're living by yourself I want to ask what 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 happened that made you wake up or go into your spiritual journey did you go to do you were you religious when you were younger or like what was the breaking point where you're like okay you know what there's something bigger than me and like I need to fix it (laughs) so I went to church um in an Episcopalian Christian church when I was younger um that's the faith of my mom primarily I think my mom is the most faith-based person in my house I'd say like my mom and my brother because I don't think my dad really was raised religious but you know when he married my mom it's just something that they did together like go to church um uh and I was raised that way and I was actually very into theology I used to go with my grandma to her bible study groups when I was little like in elementary school and they would be blown away by you know, my, my expansive, like, knowledge about these things are my ideas, and so I've always been, like, this spiritually, you know, my mind has always worked in this spiritual way, um, but I didn't feel like it was real, like, there was definitely just something missing from that, I was like, this is not real, I don't really believe this, this isn't something I'm called to, so in middle school is kind of when I just fell off of that. And I think like into like sixth grade and fifth grade, I kind of just stopped going. And I was just like, this is really like hard to sit through these services because it I wasn't, I didn't feel the passion ignited in me. You know, I was like, I guess. Um, <laughs> but in seventh grade, I think my friend introduced me to a book, which I don't actually... I don't know. I don't actually condone this book 100%. I was like 12 or something or 11 when I read this book, but it did start my spiritual journey. It's called Did I Ever Wake Up by an artist named Modson. Also, don't really condone Modson as a human being um, necessarily now, but that book did enter open up my mind into my spiritual journey and it opened my mind into the law of attraction. And so I just went deeper and deeper and deeper. And though I don't, I definitely don't agree with all the teachings in that book. It, it got me to a place where I was just exploring my own spirituality. Um, you know, I explored Buddhism, Hinduism. Um, I had a friend who was, who is still Hindu. He's Hindu and he went through 
um, Reiki training and I danced with him actually. And he was doing Buddhist, you know, research and just research into a bunch of different theologies. So I learned a little bit from him and I was just kind of at some point in high school, I just became someone who really intermingled a lot of different the, the, theological beliefs into my spiritual belief. Like I was like, okay, I don't have to really believe in these things concretely and they can just coexist within. So I just kind of started knowing that the universe was a thing, right? And then I kind of transitioned also and I still hold this very strong belief that like angels make the world go round. Like angels are everywhere. Mm-hmm. And I envision angels frequently. I try to be very connected to my angels. And um, however that means, I obviously don't have all the answers. Like there are so many things that are unanswered for me. Like um, I believe in reincarnation, but how does that work if I also believe in paranormal experiences? And how does that work if I also believe in ancestors and angels being above? Like, how does that work? How are we reincarnated, but there's still, and like, how does that work? And then my friend on a hike said this thing that was just so amazing, like blew my mind. And she was like, well, God is way more expansive than we could ever imagine. <laughs> dude i got chills i know like, me too. It's, it's warm in my room and i got chills bro. me too because it's true like you might not be able to comprehend all of these spiritual things but that's okay it's okay they they still could exist because your your mind can't even comprehend these it's limited yeah these things it's unlimited it's so vast it's there's unlimited possibility so yeah, I just, I just have gone on my journey and, you know, some things have resonated, um, with me, like angels are a really big thing. Um, God also, I, you know, healed the wound of kind of like calling the universe God. Cause I think, I think in a spiritual journey that can be a wound for a lot of people who grew up in like a Christian household or, um, any kind of, uh, organized religious household mm-hmm. I think that calling the creator God um, can often be like oh well I just didn't I didn't believe in God mm-hmm. you know like I didn't believe in that but you just didn't believe in it in that way mm-hmm. so like I feel that wound and I now I can call the creator God or it's whatever the universe mm-hmm. God da, 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 da. it's just <laughs> the almighty power right and yeah. I think that there was a time where I like denounced God because I wanted to be a rebel. You know, when you're in middle school, you're like, <laughs> you want to be a rebel. You're like, oh, I don't believe in Christianity anymore. So God isn't real. You know, <laughs> but I, I know the universe was real, but I was like, oh, God is not real. But obviously now I'm like, well, it's just can be integrated. Everybody's correct in my mind. Mm-hmm. Everybody's correct and everybody's right. Exactly. Because like, it's, it's literally so expensive. Endless, endless amount of realities. Mm-hmm. Like um, what you mentioned about you dissing God. <laughs> In high school, for me, I would go, you know, sometimes we would stay after school to these like clubs. I mean, 
you know, like there's different types yeah. of clubs. There was a club about, um, it was like a spiritual club. It wasn't directed to Christians or Catholics or whatever religion. It was just anybody can come and we'll speak of the word of God. So I would stay and I would be in that uh, group. And simultaneously, the atheists in our school got pissed off. So they created their own their own club saying that saying that there's an atheist club and then there's a god club what's the point of having an atheist club you know like yeah i don't know like why are you dissing at us for i used to see that i used to be that i really did because i was like well god isn't real i'm not gonna pray over my food before you eat I I'm not gonna do that I'm just gonna sit here and you know and now and now like seeing how far I've come from that point it's like oh I've healed those wounds and now I know that God is everything God is everything um and it just is and you are God and you have God inside of you and you are a manifestation of God and that plant and this light and this computer are all manifestations of God. And it's crazy because we can run ourselves into the mud, I think, trying to like, like what's natural or whatever, you know, like what is, uh, what's intentional, like is your, what you're eating intentional, da, 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 da. but everything can be intentional all the time. Like I have a chronic illness, so I have to be on medication for the rest of my life. That is really intense IV medication. And I had a really big issue with this because I haven't taken medication regularly pretty much since I became, you know, more aware of my health, mm-hmm. you know, like more aware of like eating right and doing those things before I was um, diagnosed with my chronic illness. But then I just had to come to a conclusion that somebody made this medication to help people. Sure, it's chemicals going in an IV in my body. I get it, it's man-made. But somebody made this with intention to help people and it helps me. So I, you know, I pray before I get it done and I'm like, you know what? allow this medication to give me all the benefits without any of the side effects and that's my intention with that and that's how I came at at peace with that but I think that some people can just run themselves in the mud like oh this is right this is wrong this is right this is wrong this is intentional this is it and da 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 when everything literally is gone (laughs) one of my spiritual guides uh whenever I had a like a session with her I was like, but what he did to me was wrong and this is not. And she's like, calm down. Nothing is right or wrong. There's only perception of what's right or wrong. Right then and there, I was like, oh, my ego was like, oh. <laughs> right. Oh my gosh, that's the that's the webinar that we took. It was about ego. E- egotistical versus nar- narcissist. No, it was um how to integrate your ego. Oh, I took two of them then. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. Way back. 
I've definitely taken that with me, those those lessons from like your ego is not always bad. Oh shoot. Like it can be really good actually. Yeah, like your egos are there to protect you. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. you have to befriend your ego. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, there is no right or wrong because it is all God. And um I work somewhere called Cafe Gratitude, which is just an amazing restaurant, but it's based on um the original owners of the restaurant wrote a book called um, Sacred Commerce. And one of the pieces of sacred commerce um, is nothing unholy can happen here. Because this is a sacred space, which means that you treat it as a temple, nothing unholy can happen here. Wow. And that's just like something like, wow. Uh-huh. Space for it all. Like nothing unholy can happen. That's really hard as as people who have been like conditioned. This is wrong. This is right. Da, 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 da. Like, mm-hmm. oh wait, nothing unholy can happen here. That's a really intense thing to deal with <laughs> mentally. Wow, that's intense. Yeah, very. Yeah, and if you take that for yourself, I feel like it'll make things a lot easier. You know, like your body is your temple whatever experiences that you've been through or whatever choices that you quote unquote choices, bad choices you've made, like there's nothing unholy that can. There's nothing unholy that can happen here. I know. I'm mind blown. Like I can't even process it. (laughs) I know. It's like, when you think about it, it's like, oh shoot. Wow. Oh shit. <laughs> when you think about things that you that you think are deeply unholy, it's like nothing unholy can happen here. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So um I want to get to know you a little bit more. Like, um how how is like your friend situation? Like what kind of people do you hang out with or who are, who's closest to your bubble? Like, I want to get to know like all your surroundings, like family, friends and yeah. intentions. Um, so I have a really close circle. Um, I have very, I don't have few friends. I have a lot of people that I talk to and can see, um, but there are there are a few people that I consider like my closest circle. Very few people, like like four <laughs> people. So um, I have of, I have a group of two best friends. Like they are my best friends, and we are like our little trio. Like their pictures right there on my desk <laughs> of us three. Oh. It's me, Haley, and Lillian. My friend Haley, who actually just went to the military today like she shipped to my wow. um which is hard but mm-hmm. and then Lillian who is just so hard working so amazing mm-hmm. um so caring and then her boyfriend lives with her so we kind of have integrated him so he's obviously someone that's close to me now um and then my friend Tanisha is also someone who's just super super close to my heart she uh goes to college in Atlanta Georgia um she just moved away for that 
but yeah I mean that's kind of the circle that I have and I obviously talk to people but usually I surround myself with like my two closest friends they're hard workers like very driven very motivated like they will hustle like if they need some like they will hustle like my my best friend has two jobs basically three jobs and she like sell like uh resells clothes and all this stuff on the side like she has so many little things, things going on you know that's what I feel with she's me. so driven you know mm-hmm. and you know my best one of my best friends just went to the military like she and she gets it done like she is super into fitness and she's just so driven so I guess just a lot of driven people and also people that are spiritual and grounded like me you know I have definitely like Tanisha is just such a such a warm spiritual person we can have mm-hmm. really conversations a lot of my friends from the cafe I mean we're all family we are literally family there I've never been able to like work somewhere where it is it is family mm-hmm. um, truly and so that's a that's a huge blessing just being able to be yeah. with them and people who are like like-minded spiritually um you know and we can you know question connect and connect and you know all so what what are you studying um I'm double majoring I'm studying psychology and entrepreneurship which is a weird combination for a double major but those are things that I want to do so and where where um because so you moved out of your parents house yes Where, where are you originally from I'm originally from Oberlin Park, Kansas, which is near like Kansas City. It's pretty close to Kansas City. And now I live in Kansas City, Missouri. Oh, okay. So it's Kansas City, Kansas, Kansas City, Missouri. They're connected to each other. They're like the same. Like Kansas and Missouri are kind of the same in that area. Like you, I can drive five minutes, like probably three minutes and get to Kansas. <laughs> and then you drive. And then you kind of like constantly go over the borders. Uh-huh. Um, so yeah I go to school in Missouri but it's still Kansas City so it's just like 20 minutes that way <laughs> so how how far are you from your parents oh I'm like 20 minutes from them I go and see them all the time <laughs> I'm over here thinking like you moved moved no no I'm super close yeah I stayed close to home which was actually not the plan at all I wanted to like go out of state I was like I'm going out of state but Mm -hmm. I got a full ride to the college that I'm going to so nice congratulations I was was about to ask like what's your thought on college like Um, the whole system right now it's my first year and it's in this so it's really hard um, I do have like thoughts about my scholarship requirements. I think like it's really intense. Um, you have to upkeep a 3.75 GPA to keep your scholarship, which I think is a lot of pressure for anyone. Like I understand you're giving us full ride, but it's like, that's a lot of pressure. <laughs> you got um, this girl. <laughs> yeah. And I do have it, but it's just like, whoa, you know? Yeah, but I'm definitely grateful and but I think it's all up to what you want to do you know I got to go to college for free I get to go to college and get my degrees and gain my knowledge and then go on and not have debt mm-hmm. um, 
the things that I wanted to do, I didn't necessarily have to go to college for, but I'm just, I'm very academically successful, um, just naturally. I'm just, I'm academically minded. I'm, I'm a good writer naturally. Um, I'm just good at academics and I love to learn and go to school. So it's something that I love to do. And so that's why I went and, you know, it's really risk-free to be honest, you mm-hmm. know? Like I'm going and it's risk free. I don't have to pay for any of the classes that I'm taking. So that's, that's also why I'm double majoring because I can do it for free. Yeah. <laughs> I can get two degrees and not pay. So yeah, I don't know. It's it's definitely like something that I think is becoming less essential. And I think if you don't like school, not in don't invest in college because you can definitely make it without college. There's somebody that I met who was in grad school when I met him, like this year. Mm. And he just wants to like go into stocks in business. And I'm like, bro, you're like wasting hella money. You could do that (laughs) completely without college. Uh Like what are you doing it for, you know? Oh, that's true. So he was going to school for... What's the point? Sometimes it's just not worth it. Well, touching on that topic, I would kind of ask you the same thing (laughs) about entrepreneurship. Yeah. I feel like if, personally, my opinion or my truth, if... um, someone wants to be an entrepreneur or a business, you know, someone's going to study business or something like that. So actually go out and do it and experience it. And you, it's trial and error. You live and learn. Um, yeah, I, exa- I definitely agree. Mm-hmm. If I uh, was not getting my degree for free, I think it's something that I would have to think about. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. You're very uh-huh. fortunate. Very, very fortunate. Yeah, um, because I mean, it, uh, it's again, risk-free. I mean, obviously I'm like spending time that I could be spending building businesses in school, but I love school and I kind of needed like the soft, the soft adulting thing. Like I just needed to be like softly introduced <laughs> into adulthood, which maybe I like didn't do that for myself because now I'm working two jobs and living on my own. So I guess- What's your I- other job? Um, I'm a nanny. Yeah, I'm almost, yeah. I, I'm mostly nanny. Um, a one-year-old and a newborn. New newborn. He's a month and a half old. Oh, my goodness. Super cute. I know. It's amazing. I love it. Uh, I say sometimes that I'm a professional housewife because uh, I cook and I nanny. And those are my two jobs. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> I'm a chef and a nanny. So I'm kind of a professional housewife. But <laughs> I love it. I love kids. Um, I definitely want kids in the future. Um, That's good. What about your love life? <gasps> oh, ah. <laughs> anyway. Um, well, it's pretty, pretty sad right now. Not like sad. It's just. Uh, I'm single. I've been single for a long time. Like, a long time. <laughs> I feel like that's Years. a sensitive topic be- due to what you write on Instagram. I feel I mean, like... I'm super, like, open to talk about it, for uh-huh. sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
I mean, I was in a three-year-long, long-distance relationship um, since from eighth grade into, um, that would be 11th grade, so into my junior year. And we're still really great friends. We talk all the time. Um, We're still really great friends. He's an amazing person. Uh, I'm I'm really blessed that that was like my first real relationship. Wow. Um, but after that, I did have some pretty, I mean, with that, I mean, heartbreak in general, even though we're friends now, we did have pretty, we had a rocky relationship at times. And so heartbreak and going through the rockiness of that taught me so much, and, but was painful. Um, and then after that, you know, I've talked to a couple people, but, um, nothing has really come of it. Um, and I was sexually assaulted, um, I guess two years now, two years ago at this point. Oh, wow. I didn't Um, know that. Yeah. By someone who I was talking to, I wasn't dating them, but it was like kind of close to that point. Um, and yeah, so that's changed a lot about my perception of people and men specifically, um which I'm open about that on my Instagram and mm-hmm. I've been open about that and the forgiveness is still like not there for me mm-hmm. um, there but you know it's still not there for me so and you know I talked to someone at the beginning of this semester or last semester I guess the beginning of the year mm-hmm. uh the guy who was in grad school and I still I still kind of have feelings for him, honestly. <laughs> I still kind of do, and he's not the best person ever. Um, but yeah, I'm just single. I'm That's single. Good. I'm ready to mingle, but I'm kind of have like a couple some walls up since um, my assault. So it's just, yeah. Wow. <laughs> There's some walls there yeah. that I'm trying to just kind of get over and like not be so judgmental of myself when talking to men because it's like I'm just gonna lay it out on the table for you and I think you know this recent person that I was talking to and like really interested in and I'm still interested in um a big problem with that was like he had his walls up and I had my walls up and then we tried to do like the whole game thing with each other and then I realized like that's not me at all and Mm -hmm. I didn't show him any of like my super loving caring self that I really had inside that I really cared for him because my walls were up and his walls were up so it's just Mm -hmm. like it's like oh it was not learning lessons right it's just lessons to be learned I'm done playing games honestly I've been I've never played games in my life until like I was like oh this is a college dude Mm. so obviously he's gonna play games so I'm gonna play it back like that's how you get in with college dudes right no I Um, was wrong I'm glad I got that out out of my system okay that's good (laughs) because I'm over it I'm already over it I already learned that I don't like that so yeah I just want to just lay it out on the table (laughs) that's good being open and just honest about your state of mind to people that you have an interest in yeah and it's hard to do with like someone who doesn't necessarily want you the same way that you want them 
That's really difficult. Especially someone who like, I'm confident in myself and I'm like, oh, everybody likes me. <laughs> You're funny. <laughs> Which is like, sounds self-centered, but a lot of, like, you know, I'm just a likable person. I know that, that about myself. That I do a lot of work to be likable. Like I have done a lot of work to be like kind and warm and nurturing and somebody that um, people can confide in and da 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 um so it's like hard to not I, I feel I I feel the same way as you actually <laughs> I feel like a lot of people are attracted to me somehow mm -hmm. whether it's romantically or not yeah and they feel connection whenever the mo whenever I get a lot of people to reach out to me or be attracted to me is when I'm at my most vulnerable on social media when I tell them when I put something on my social media I'm like bruh I do not have the perfect life like I'm here to share that yes I cried my eyes out last night because of this and that but you know I'm here I'm struggling through money issues I'm struggling through through single issues like I'm not gonna sit here in front like my life is perfect because right now on social media like that's all you, all you see is happy couples happy people smiling i feel like social media should be a little bit more authentic yeah and i try to make it that when i post i try to really like and i can be the same way showing only like my greatest points in life mm -hmm. you know i can totally be that way and then i'm like shoot I'm doing that too much like this is real like this is the real this is the real thing because I think we think that it's attractive to other people to see mm -hmm. us feed which is true like yeah but also be vulnerable at the same time it's, so it's mm -hmm. like a balance that you have to find and I think yeah. like always trying to impress mm -hmm. at least for me it's like I want to impress and impress and impress and I want to attract and attract and attract by being impressive but it's like it's going to collide. It's going to contradict in a way. Yeah. It's it's just like um, circling back to reaching alignment, like reaching enlightenment. It's the same thing. Like if you're going to go through a certain structure to be a, to get to your destination, it's not going to go like that. A lot yeah. of people can really connect with sharing your downfalls as well. Yeah. And I, and that's I when I get a lot of people reach out to me and yeah because I mean everybody's everybody's going through it but they're just acting like they're not so when you finally are like you finally are like un, you're like uncovering the curtain you're like look this is everybody's going through this thing and we're all pretending that we're not they're like oh my god I can breathe now Finally, somebody, oh, I can breathe now. I can stop holding it in. Yeah. I can breathe now. So I think it's just like, I'm just in a place where it's like, you got to just say no balls sometimes and just go for it. Like, you really just have to be like, okay, this is not even, this is not even reality, really. Like, what is reality? So you just got to go for it and just, and be vulnerable and, I don't know why it's so hard to be vulnerable for people and for me included, but I think it's something that we just, it's, it can make us uncomfortable, I think, but 
you know, I ultimately know like I'm protected so I can be vulnerable. And growth happens in uncomfort, uncomfortability. Exactly. It's the only way that growth happens. Like I've said before, like a seed does not grow without having to poke through a whole layer of dirt. It has to shove its little way up. First, it's got to crack out of its seed shell. Then it's got to like push its way up through this dirt and maybe rocks and maybe clay and maybe mud to get to the sunshine to grow. Like that cannot be comfortable. Imagine crawling through the dirt. Come on, you know, to get this sunshine state where you can grow and flourish and get nutrients and, and all these things, but it just doesn't happen in a state of non, non non-growth. Yeah. And I think my practice personally, what, you know, me sharing my ups and downs on social media, both Instagram and Facebook. I now see someone else, whether they post all wins, like, you know, I don't get, um, what was that word? Like, it doesn't surprise me, you know, I'm not, I'm not excited. I think about, okay, what is it that they're not showing? And so I see every platform equal, good and bad, or people that just post memes all day or whatever. I sometimes I sit back and I think to myself, what is that person really going through? Are they putting up a front? Are they really this genuinely happy how they perceive to be? Or are they crying themselves to sleep at night? Because I used to do that, you know? couple years ago I would post only me smiling or dancing but nobody knew the hurt that was going on through me and I think that's a a good lens to kind of view everything because there's no one you can't rate like there's no one there's not a better person there's not a worse person everyone is just doing their best at the times with the awareness that they have Right. And, you know, it's even, I guess this draws back to like, I don't know, this guy has just been on my mind a lot. Like, I don't know why this man has been on my mind, but he has. So it's just like, I perceive him as somebody who's like, kind of a douche, like kind of just a dickhead, like really. And, but there could be other people that perceive him as like the nicest person ever. Like there's people that are you know, perceived differently based on who they're around. And that's just life. Like people are different. So people people want different things, you know, my, my friend and I, we talked about this during one of our um, other, other episodes. And the other night, a couple of nights ago, we were on the phone. She is friends with someone that I'm not friends with. And she's like, uh, I'm sorry if it triggers you and stuff like that. And I'm like, friend, you are my friend. I'm not going to tell you who to hang out with, who to block. I'm like, this person had bad intentions towards me, but that doesn't mean that person has bad intentions towards you. I'm completely okay with whoever you want to hang out with or whoever you want to um, buy stuff from. Like, it, it, I've, I already have that in my heart that, you know, like, 
when someone's out to get me, that doesn't mean they're out to get everybody else, which is why everybody else can say that's a good person or a healthy and good intentional person, you know? And then it just comes back to perception. Yeah, really. It's just people are different people around different people. I mean, it's just, it's just how life is. And um, certain people get along with people better. It's just, yeah, it's really interesting. Like we, like even with the religion thing, like every, everybody's right. Like it's just, there's so many different realities, even for a single person um, and a single consciousness. So <laughs> there's so many of those different realities and different things that mm -hmm. are happening inside of one person's life. <laughs> we don't even know. Mm -hmm. I want to touch back on the sexual assault mm -hmm. um, because I feel very comfortable and vulnerable talking to you directly right now about my experiences. Um, but if you want to share your story. Yeah. Yeah, I can do that. Um, so I was talking to this man um, and it was my senior year of high school. No, it was my junior year in high school, definitely my junior year. Um, and we were talking for like five months and I am very serious about relationships. Like I won't like actually date someone, like go in officially unless I really, really am feeling confident in that. So we were talking and, you know, hanging out and da 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 da, -da and we would do a lot of things together and, um, you know, whatever. And, um, so at one point I was just feeling like this isn't right for me. So I tried to cut it off with him. And then of course I invited him over to my house when my parents were gone. I was living at my parents' house because I just felt lonely and I felt uncomfortable in that, in that place. And he had come over before. He had come over to my house before. He knew like I didn't want that, da, da, da. And it was fine, everything was fine. Um, but I guess this time was different. Um, and he spent the night, everything was fine. And then the next morning, um, we just hung out and I took a nap. We like took a nap together in the middle of the day. And when I woke up, he like started making out with me and like roughly, like just like wanted to do that. And then he like stuck his hand in my pants and like tried to <laughs> tried to figure mm -hmm. it out. Mm -hmm. and I closed my legs like I was like so shocked I couldn't even say anything I was frozen I was frozen and mute and like I could not do anything I couldn't say anything except for like squeeze my legs and mind you I had a pair of shorts and sweatpants on like two pairs of pants on mm -hmm. okay. and I had just woken up so it's like imagine you're in like this groggy haze so he's like making out with you and you're like okay whatever and then they like try to finger you and you've never done anything with anyone. Um, and so I close my legs, like I squeeze my legs tight and he's like, no. And then like tries again to go back in. And then like, finally like stops. And I just froze and pretended to go back to sleep until he like went to the bathroom. And I was like, what just happened? Mm -hmm. 
because I just like went to I pretended to go to sleep like I pretended like I fell back to sleep and then I went to the bathroom and I had to like everything was like really quiet and I drove him back home I had to drive him back home because he didn't have a car this whole thing is just yeah so and then he didn't know that he did anything wrong of course so I had to tell him that and he tried to convince me he told me all these things like oh well you're just irresistible you're just too beautiful to resist um uh blah 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 mm-hmm. you know I didn't mean to make you feel that way da, 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 da. Um, and at first, like, I wanted to make him feel better about it for some reason. It comes naturally. As a victim, you're just kind of, like, you want to, you're, like, oh, I just made this person feel bad. Like, how mm-hmm. am I handle that? And he had, like, a previous Xanax addiction. And I didn't want him to, like, go back on Xanax and da 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 mm-hmm. And it was like, it was a, it was, it was weird because it was like a grief of a relationship as well as him not being your abuser. So it's like, there's this one person who you knew, who you have to grieve the relationship with them. And now it's like this new person who's this like monster, who's your abuser Mm -hmm. and they don't match up in your head. They're like separate for you. So that was that. And it was actually like the weekend before finals week. Oh my goodness. So it was really, really hard. And I cried a lot. And I was really depressed. Um, and my friend, uh, who's still my friend to this day, um, she was like, let's just get out of the house. And um, I was supposed to go to Okay, so him, my abuser, his best friend and him had a clothing company together. And also, I got assaulted in a shirt that they made. Wow. Yeah. Like, I was wearing a shirt that they made. That's, uh, yeah, and I think I still, like, have that shirt, don't know what to do with it. Like, oh, what do I do? But, um. His best friend and him had a clothing company. His best friend was dating one of my friends, one of our friends, like the girl who was like, who I like told and was open with, one of our friends. And it was her birthday party the next day. So we went to her birthday party Mm -hmm. and I had to see his best friend at this birthday party. And, like, be processing this. Mm -hmm. And, like, my friend who brought me to this birthday party knows. And I'm just, like, processing this. And, like, I have to see his best friend Mm -hmm. the day after. Mm -hmm. So that was hard. (sighs) And then, oh, it gets worse even. Oh, my goodness. He told... They had a group chat because with this clothing brand, they also like wanted to like, they were like making music with a group of people, you know, like a group of people made solo music, but under this one like brand, Mm -hmm. right? 
and um, they had a group chat and, and my abuser texted about the situation in the group chat asking for his bro's opinion on it. And then he sent me screenshots of their opinions of it to me. <laughs> Let me just comprehend <laughs> all, everything that's going on because... Yeah, it was the a lot. amount of trauma that you've gotten from this one situation. Yeah. I'm, then I don't know. I when I like started telling people about it, um, it was just like I don't know. Like his best, like what I was saying. His the girl that was was his best friend's girlfriend. Uh, we're actually still friends. They're not dating anymore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, he like they were having a show. Like all of their rapper friends under this brand we're having a show like coming up and he was friends with my best friend at the time and he like made jokes about me like going to the show at like her birthday party too oh my and then i don't know when i started telling people he and he was like stop telling people our business it's ruining my reputation uh, how dare you like tell our business that's our business and I was like that's literally my business uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah oh my goodness Maggie yeah <laughs> and that's the last time so, I talked just to clarify mm-hmm. basically you since before the assault you weren't sexually active no okay yeah, I have done, I, I still to this day have done nothing with anyone just because like I hold that in a very like sacred place. Mm-hmm. Um, which is interesting. Like I'm super sexually open mm-hmm. um, and me and my like long distance relationship in my long distance relationship, like we explored sexuality very like extensively from like a long distance stance. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were like sexual with each other. You know, we had a lot of sexual experiences together just like long distance, you know? Mm-hmm. um but yeah I and I'm very like sexually explorative with myself but mm-hmm. I just I just hold that in such like with other people I hold that in such like a high degree for myself mm-hmm. that I want to be committed and comfortable and um ready for that and I just didn't feel that way and I still don't but <laughs> you know so I'm yeah. happy for you <laughs> um and you were very young you were junior year mm-hmm. I I wasn't sexually active until right after I graduated. A lot of people thought that I was sleeping around with everybody in high school. I'm like, I'm still a virgin. (laughs) But I wouldn't, for some reason, I don't like to call them my abusers. But the person that I gave myself to, he was my boyfriend at the time. We were together for almost two years or, or so. So with him, I explored everything because but growing up, sexuality was just a taboo thing. Don't talk about it. Don't ask questions in my family. Um, so I just ex- explored with this person right afterwards, after he was educating me in a way what sex really was. But I think because he was my first, I always felt like I had to. Mm, mm-hmm. 
So I felt like I had to say yes. Anytime he wanted to, I had to do it because it's love, right? Like you do this to the person that you love. I was never taught it's consensual, consensual. <laughs> hey, consensual too. <laughs> and, but, you know, there was moments where I would say, no, I don't want to. But then this person would say, you say no, but you really say yes. You really mean yes. Mm-hmm. And so it would mess me up in my mind because I'm like, is like, is he right? Or maybe he is right because he knows better than me, you know? And so this is why I don't like to call these people my abusers because it wasn't just him. It was other people that I was dating or talking to or in a relationship with. Like, I just, I, I had the power to say no, which sometimes I would, but I always gave in. I didn't hold up to my, my own standards or my own comfortability because I didn't want them to feel bad. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's, it's, it's um, and I'm, I'm really blessed that I, you know, have been educated about, I don't know, I guess I've just been following on social media, you know, cause I kind of, I don't know. I didn't grow up in the age of social media. I'm kind of like, I got my, I, my first phone when I was in like the fifth or sixth grade. Me too. You know, and like that's when like Facebook was popping, you know, whatever. And my parents didn't let me have a Facebook, but I don't know. I, I just have been blessed to, I guess, have just been seeing sex, sex ed content on the internet for a long time to know, like, oh, you can say no and you can say yes. Mm-hmm. I, I, my awakening, you know. My true awakening to sexuality was from Instagram. Like, I learned about it a lot more than anything else. Any experiences, obviously, any talks from my mom or my dad, they never talked to us about it. Yeah, me, mine either. I learned from Instagram, bro. I learned from Evian Whitney. Do you know who she is? Yes. Yes, I love her. From her, from her posts. And and I don't even um, uh, watch porn or anything like that. I'm not that type of person. But I, <laughs> I learned, and I'm not um, shaming on anybody that does. I'm just like, that's not me. Like, I, I don't connect with that. Mm. But Evian Whitney, oh my gosh, she is amazing. The way that she words and educates us like I'm just completely mind blown as to like how the hell did I not know this and I'm about to turn 25 years old this year yeah I think yeah I I definitely just have been in sex positive spaces on the internet really Mm -hmm. for a long time and um I watched porn for a long time in my life (laughs) Because I've always just been a sexual being, you know, um, mm-hmm. which is interesting. Like people get um, people, you know, get confused because I am such a sexual person, but and you're uh-huh. myself, but <laughs> uh-huh. um, so and I'm and I'm not experienced at all in anything. So <laughs> oh, okay. Now that you said that, 
I'm vice versa. I'm like the opposite. Like I'm a very sexually active person with another human being, mm-hmm. but I'm not with myself. Yeah. So we're just opposites in that I way. Think, uh-huh. I think we can, um, dive into that topic maybe another time that's i think that'll be a, a juicy topic yeah but um it it's just um i want to share like um something that i went through not it wasn't a it wasn't a anything wait it wasn't an experience like for me it was just like what had happened in the setting and how i dealt with it so I never got the sex talk ever yeah. from my parents. Um, so naturally, I knew my little sister wasn't going to get it. She's 15 years old. Now? Right now. Okay. I probably talked to her sometime during quarantine. But anyways, I took responsibility to educate her. The very basic and the most, and I did a, a video of this, this on, um, Instagram, um, yeah, on Instagram, IGTV, because this whole thing blew up in the dance community that there was a lot of rapists out there. Yeah. And that's, yeah, that's true. Yeah. And I put my like two cents in there. I didn't share my story because I wasn't quite comfortable, but, but yeah, this has to do with it. You know, the person that I was dating, he would convince me to say yes. And then. I wasn't even excited, you know, and I felt dirty and shameful towards myself that I couldn't say no or hold it. Um, but anyways, I took responsibility to start this conversation with my sister because someone close to us was blowing up on Twitter. And this was during the Me Too movement, I think. Mm-hmm. Or something like that. They were just um, calling people out, ra- uh, rapists and stuff like that. And women sharing their stories and stuff like that. And tagging like their abusers. Anyway, someone close that we know popped up. So I was like, okay, this is this is um, a sign for me to educate the younger generations. Because I was blind as hell growing up not about anything about this. That I don't want this my my sibling to to go through through the same things you know um and yeah I brought it up and I said hey I want to have a serious conversation with you and I'm just going to touch on the very basics basically I told her let's talk about sex (laughs) first of all we live in 2020 this was last year we live in 2020 I want to let you know that sex is Yes, it can be about love. It can be, but that's not what sex is about. Sex is about consent and enjoying. You can have sex with a woman. You can have sex with a man. You can have sex with a one, you know, a one night stand, or you can have um, a boyfriend, right? But we live in 2020. Um, You need to know this, you know, and as uncomfortable as this conversation was between me and my sister, 
I was so glad that I got it out. You know, like, let's not shove it under the rug. Let's not leave it on the side. Like, we really have to address this issue because, one, if the, the girl's not educated, then the man is just going to bring her down, bring her down with him. Because I know now that these men, is their intention isn't to hurt you for the most part. They just oh. don't know. They're not educated. And, so, and really, like, with my abuser, it, I don't know this, and I will never know this. With what he said after, the aftermath was almost worse than my assault because all the stuff that he said and tried to justify and da-da-da-da. But with his original attention, you know, Mm -hmm. I I won't ever know, but I don't know completely if he even knew what he was doing. Mm -hmm. They don't, it's... Because he was as young as me. Then that's how uh, how I view my my first, the person that I gave myself to, like, okay. And these men are raised in a certain way. I watched a documentary, you know, about uh, masculinity and just how men are raised and how harmful it is to men and women, (laughs) all of us, Mm -hmm. you know, being like raised in these gender stereotypes. And it's like men, men are taught to like to get women. From a young age, they're taught. They praise. Like, no, it, the same thing in, in my household. My brother had a his first kiss in pre-K. And I'm just like, bruh, if I would have had my first kiss in pre-K, you would have, like, <laughs> like, completely went crazy, you know? Like, no, don't touch my daughter. But no, men, yeah. Well, that's not my daughter, you know? Like, like her parents can worry about her. No, no. And we're actually going to touch on the subject sim- to this with another interview, I think next week, because the injustice of living in a household with brother and sister is completely like mind blowing. I, I can't wrap my head around how they and justify men's Um, Like my household, it's, oh, there we go. We have time. <laughs> in my household, um, we actually, it's not that different between us. Because mm-hmm. we're both not open about our relationships <laughs> at all, like our, our love lives or whatever. So, yeah, I don't know. Like, I don't, I, I don't see that. But also, I think this is correct. You grew up in like a Hispanic household, right? So it's really, really even more... <laughs> That's actually guys in Hispanic like, households, and I know that. Um, I, I asked my friend. I was like, "Hey, um, would you be down to like be on our podcast?" And she said, "Yeah." And I was like, "Okay, what would you like to talk about? Like, just throw me some subjects at me." She's like, "The injustice of living in an Hispanic household." <laughs> like you literally, <laughs> we're gonna have to upload that one right after this one because it's like synchronicity, you know? Like, because this that that would be our next interview. But um, yeah, just the raising raising men like um, is simple. Like being in high school, like ah, oh, you're a player, but for a woman, you're a hoe. Like yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness. Well, I want to appreciate you for sharing your journey with all of us. Um, I 
admire your vulnerability because vulnerability is a strength, to be honest. People can see it as a weakness, but it's not. It's totally not. Um, last question before we close out. What is your future goals? My future goals? Well, I do have one major thing that I want to do like before I die, like I have to do before I die. It's my life's mission. Um, is to start a nonprofit. Uh, right now, like it's just changed a little bit in the vision throughout the years, but right now how I envision it is for homeless and disenfranchised youth. Um, because my sole purpose, my sole mission on this earth is to um, make people who have lost faith in love realize that they're loved. Um, and there are so many of these youth that um, have lost faith, either, you know, they're from the foster system or they're homeless or, um, you know, they're just really disenfranchised, um, minority groups especially. Um, and I want to teach them how to be empowered and that they are so loved and so capable. Um, so right now that looks like teaching these, these groups of people how to grow their own food, because I think that that's a really empowering thing to do to grow your own food and know like, wow, I can really actually feed myself. Um, but yeah, that's, that's one thing I want to do before I die for sure. Um, I, my goal is just to make a lot of money and, uh, like pay myself a hundred thousand dollars a year and give the rest away. <laughs> and, um, like, yeah, just make like a low six figure income and then give the rest away. Uh, and not like that's a low income, like just low in the, low in the <laughs> figures, not close to a million. <laughs> um, that is a very, that's, that's wealthy, but uh, I do want to be comfortable. I want to be able to support my family, but uh, I might go into law. I'm realizing now I'm not even sure. I just want to, you know, help people and create ethical businesses. Um, under ethical commerce and where people are actually happy going to their jobs and actually serving people and people feel served and loved and it and uh, build workplaces that are um, sacred and like temples so and have a great community so that's that's my goals <laughs> wow I absolutely love that well Brittany um, taught us uh, from Synergy to Soul, she said, if your dream did not does not scare or excite you, it's not big enough. <laughs> and you look so excited to accomplish this dream because I know you will. Um, it's just a matter of divine timing. Exactly. Everything is in the present. Everything is in the now moment. That now moment will come for you. And I'm right here to support you, sis. <laughs> I admire you. I adore you. I love you. I send you all my highest love. Thank you for sharing your journey to with Sisters Growth. And hopefully we can get to meet sometime in person. Let's oh my goodness. Yes. And thank you so much for having me. I really love this and I love sharing. And yeah, if you if anybody listening to this wants to stay connected with me, my Instagram and basically all my social media, um, even though I'm kind of like, I kind of pop off 
on social media here and there. It's at Buttercup8171. So you can hit me up there. <laughs> when I moved to uh, San Marcos, on my way to work, I was like 10, it was like a 10 minute drive. Right before work, there was a street called Buttercup. Every single time I would dr- drive there, and I would read it, and I would think of you, bro. <laughs> That's so cute. And I always meant to, like, um, capture it on video and send it to you. But by the time I would get to the to the office, like, I would forget. You know, like, it's just, like, in that moment, I'm like, buttercup. Oh, buttercup. <laughs> and then that's it. But oh. thank you again, Maggie. I yes, hope we can do this again soon. Yes, um, me too. I wish you all the love. I send you a virtual hug. <laughs> me too. I send you so much love and so much peace. <laughs> yes, likewise. Well, you have a wonderful rest of your night and we will chat soon. Thank you, sisters, ladies, for listening. Yes, thank you so much. <laughs> and we'll put her Instagram at on our description as well. That way, if anybody has trouble finding it, And we'll tag her on our Instagram post whenever we do upload it. But anyways, thank you, Maggie. I love you. You, I love you too. You too. (laughs) Thank you. Bye-bye.